or they're still avoiding the ill, but, um, and that's okay. It, you know, it's part of being part of family, you know. You get sick at home, you send the kid off to the other room so that you don't get her sick. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful for a lot of you not getting sick. That was, that was probably a total grace. Good morning. This is, uh, last week was a little, little rough for me, publicly even. I, um, we've been in this series, A, a Road Less Traveled, the, that whole idea from the Robert Frost poem of, of taking a, the road less traveled by, and um, that has made all the difference. I, I, I love this idea of, of the road to the cross. Um, you can, you can kind of talk through different stories um, on the way to the cross, um, and we've, we've just kind of chosen a, a few um, that we can kind of go through that really really points to some things in our lives, um, points to some things that maybe God is shaping in us, maybe God is, is moving us in. And this week we're going to talk about something um, interesting that we had a missing foot, but we're going to talk about the feet. Um, <laughs> And, and just thinking about how, where have your feet taken you? Have you ever thought about that? Like, where have your feet taken you? Where have you stepped? You know, I don't know about you, but I, I, I've done this before, and I'm sure most of us have done this, where we think about the states that we've been to or, or the different places in the world. And maybe, maybe you even had a, a map where you put pins in it of where you've been. And maybe you had pens of where you wanted to go. So like you have different colors. Uh, you know, you got the white ones or places I want to go. But blue ones, okay, those are where I've been. Red ones, I'll never go again. Um, there is that a little bit, right? If you think about it, a, a, um, I, I looked this up because I was thinking about how many steps. Because we've got these watches and things that do all these steps that we take every day, right? And you're competing with your spouse. Like, oh, I got more than you. And um, Imagine if we had a, a pedometer for our whole life. And, and just kind of looking at the averages, um, an average life, who wants to live an average life? But average life, 80-year-old 80, 80 um, will have stepped over, over 200 million steps. Whew. I think you'd run out of zeros on the end of your, your little pedometer. Which, which okay, so 200, over 200 million steps equates to uh, over 110 Million miles, uh, 110,000 miles, 110,000 miles. I fi- we figured this out, um, that it, it equates to walking around the earth at the equator. Even if you were to walk on the, I mean, you have to be at the equator, so it's like there's a whole bunch of water, but say you could walk on water. It could happen. Um, you would walk around, by 80 years old, you would walk around the earth five times at the equator. That's how many steps we've taken. That's how many um, steps we will take in this life. Now, I know that there's a few around here, uh, John Damore, a few others, um, that may have a lot more, yeah, Gary, uh, a lot more steps than the rest of us. Um, maybe you guys hit the 200 million mark, um, about 40, <laughs> doubling the rest of us, but... Um, <laughs> it's true. Gary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so everybody else is average. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Abby, normal. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, somebody else got it. Good. <laughs> Young Frankenstein. I remember. I found a brain. It was Abby, normal. <laughs> I digress. Movies, brain. Uh, imagine, imagine the ministry of Jesus, though. Imagine if, if um, Jesus and the disciples um, had, had a pedometer and the steps that they would have taken in that three years. GPS, just to show exactly where they had been, and then you could go and follow that same exact path. Um, I think in studying the Gospels, there's, there's a sense of following those steps, right? We're, we're following in the footsteps of Jesus and the disciples. I, I, I know Jesus and, and Peter probably have a few more steps because they're walking on the water, but, um, but there's something about following after them, even to the point where um, people go to, uh, go to the Holy Lands, go, go to Israel, go uh, and follow in the footsteps of Jesus and the disciples, those that will even follow the, the footsteps of, of, of Paul on his missionary journeys. And, you know, it, it's interesting because we, we follow after somebody and we follow in, in the footsteps of somebody that we respect, right? That maybe in some way will glean something from where they've stepped. Maybe there's, a, there's something that makes it more real in our lives. Yeah? We focus on our kids when they, uh, what's one of the first things that we're just all excited about? First steps, right? That, th- those steps, because they're starting those 200 million steps. And oh, the places you'll go, you know, Dr. Seuss. Oh, the places you'll go. This morning, we're going to look at our feet. We're going to look at um, somehow our experience in this life is tied to where we place our feet. And where our feet take us and like. Let's pray this morning as we as we enter into his word and, and diving into this whole idea of feet. Heavenly Father, we, we, we thank you for um, how you direct our path, how you have um, called us out. Um, and, and God, we just pray that you would open our, our minds to your word. Um, and we praise you for that word as well. Um, help us to see what you see. Help us to hear what you're saying and, and to go out in the same sense. We just praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm, I'm going to start a little, little odd place with the feet this morning. Um, Mark uh, chapter 6, verse 11 says this, um, And if any place will, re- will not receive you and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So our first point this morning is to shake it off your feet. I wanted to start here because I have a feeling that, that there are some things in our lives that, that we just let collect on our feet. There, there are some, some hurts, some, some, um, some fears, fears of sharing what God has done in our life, fears of, of, of our, our testimony being denied. How, how many of you know that, that nobody can deny a person's testimony? God has done in your life is what God has done in your life. Somebody discounts that. They're discounting God. I, I wouldn't want to go there. 
I, I, I really believe that, that each of us have a unique testimony, and that testimony um, is part of the gospel that is spoken into people's lives, that we can see other people's lives changed by that. It doesn't matter if you have that, that um, enviable uh, testimony that, oh, I was delivered from cocaine, you know, I'd, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the ultimate turnaround story, right? There's some of us in the room that maybe you were, you were saved early on and you spent your whole life with the Lord. Your testimony is still important. Your testimony still speaks to people. And it still um, works in people's lives. Um, this, this idea of, of, of shaking it off, of, of shaking off the, the dust on the feet, um, is from the, um, uh, the Greek word ektenasso. Ectinasso is a symbolic act uh, a person um, expresses, where they express extreme contempt for another and refuse any further dealings with them. And this was said to the disciples about if somebody doesn't accept you in their town, shake off the dust of your feet as a testimony to them and leave. Have no further dealings with them. You know, this, this is kind of important um, for us to catch. It's not just about like, oh, you didn't accept me, and then walk off. There, there, is, there is some things in our lives that we need to shake the dust off of our feet at. Those fears. The fear that I have in me. I need to be like, I'm going to have no more dealings with you, fear. That those lies of the enemy that, that you know, that you know what I'm talking about. Those things that are, that are just rattling around in our brain. We need to shake the dust off our feet and move on. It's kind of a harsh concept. Someone in this case, um, a whole community, refuses to receive and even listen to our testimony. That, uh, there's a beauty in shaking off the dust in a symbolic opposition. But it's even more beautiful when we can do that to the things that, that hold us down. Those things like our fears, those things like our, uh, uh, those lies, those things like um, our preconceptions of how things should be. How many know that our preconceptions can kind of hedge us in as well? This is what church needs to look like. Anybody hearing me on that? I look at this as an act of freedom. To shake off the dust of your feet. It's an act of freedom. And if the Son has set you free, we know that one, right? So if this is an act of freedom and we know that, then we're free, right? Because the Son has set us free. It's not just if the Son has set us free. The Holy Spirit is the one that... um, that fights for the gospel. We don't, we don't have to fight for the gospel. You know, I think sometimes we get caught up in, I don't know if I want to share with that person because I'm going to have to fight for what the Lord has done. I mean, the word says that he is our strong tower. It is his battle, not ours. We just have to open our mouths. And, and chances are, we're not even really going to have to fight. Because that battle's been won before we even get there. There's so many examples of that in the Word. All we need to do is share the gospel. We share our testimony. We share how God has moved in our lives. 
Um, John 11, 21 through 23 says this. Um, this is the story of uh, when Lazarus uh, ha- has um, grown ill. Um, Jesus is going to him and he dies. And uh, he's just afar off. And, and Martha comes up to him and says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Um, going on a little further down in 11, 32 through 35, it says, Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come um, with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and greatly troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. What's the difference between these two ladies? There's a, there's a definite difference in how, how they responded. Uh, Martha came and, and said almost exactly the same thing that Mary did, but the response that caused action, that, 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 that caused Jesus to, to process his, his, um, uh, his sorrow for this friend was the one that fell at his feet. The second point is fall at his feet. The, the idea that she, she fell at his feet and set, then said the same things. is She, she fell at his feet. This, this idea of, of Pepto. Um, no, not Pepto-Bismol, but Pepto. It's an easy way to remember it, though. This idea of to fall down, to fall from a state of uprightness. Martha was in this uprightness state which could almost be like not just a physical state, but there was an emotional state of uprightness, of righteousness, could we say? Or self-righteousness. And yet Mary came and threw herself at his feet and said, if you had been here, I know that he would be alive. He didn't have to come back to her and say, he will rise again and have this discourse between uh, himself and Martha where he, he's... he's He's telling her it's going to happen. But she didn't come to that place of humility. To fall down, to, uh, it, like we sang in the song this morning, we fall down. We lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. It's such an act of humility. We are sons and daughters of a living God, and yet we are going get, to get these crowns of glory that we are going to just toss at the feet of Jesus. These poor sisters, they were, they, were, they were seen multiple times, almost used in a way in, in Scripture, to show a good example and a bad example, right? I mean, Martha, she's the one that was, was working and active, but yet we see this a second time that Mary did the right thing. She, she fell at the feet of Jesus. Martha, again, chose the wrong way. She chooses to accost Jesus for not coming. Because if he had come, she knew that he would still be alive. So she, she gets the concept. Mary, on the other hand, she, she says something very similar, yet falls humbly before the Lord and, and commits this to his will. Um, the act of laying down or falling down before God is the ultimate physical act of humility and how hard it is for us to do. I imagine this picture of the, the prodigal son um, 
They're turning to his father's home. Now, it doesn't say it in, in the word, but there's a, there's a painting by, um, I think it's Rembrandt. Uh, Rembrandt usually had these paintings with bright, vivid colors, but dark shadows in the background. And he has this picture of the father with his hands on, on the son. There's a robe on the son in his hands. The hands were actually um, Rembrandt's hands in, in the painting. He painted his hands. But the, I, I love how artists have a tendency to kind of embody themselves in there. And, and you can see off in the shadows, you can see the other brother um, kind of in that angry state that he's in. But this, this idea, he fell at the feet of his dad because he knew he had done wrong. And he wanted, wasn't it, he, he, just, he, was, he was longing to eat the pods that the, the pit, his pigs would eat. But the father brings him in has a celebration for this lost son. And, and this idea of being so humbled by what he did, so humbled by this lifestyle he had gone into, he was coming back, would take anything. And his father was just happy to have him back. It's such a view of us with the Lord. He probably scooped him up in his arms just like a kid. Can you imagine? John 13, 5 through 8 says this. I'm kind of moving on here a little bit. Um, this, is the, um, this is that ever-present image. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what, am I, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you, will ne- you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you will have no share with me. His third point is about let him cleanse your feet. Another humble moment. Let him cleanse your feet. Uh, this, this Greek word is nepto, to cleanse, especially the hands and feet or the face. Or even sacred containers. It's used for washing sacred containers. And we, we're, we're called um, broken vessels, aren't we? These, these clay jars. Ceremonially cleaning, though. There's a ceremony to this, this cleansing and to perform a um, an ablution, 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 um, which an ablution was used um, kind of here as a humorous effect. Um, not quite sure what that means, but it was not lost on the, the disciples. As you see Peter feeling awkward about this. There's this awkwardness in him. This is, this is something that they did any time they came into a household. So why is he feeling awkward about this? Because that, that, that same um, heart in him, um, you know, Peter's the one that, you know, who do you think I am? And he, he says, you're, you're, you're Messiah, right? He, and, and he's like, you know, Jesus is like, the Holy Spirit has caused you to say this. He, he has this sensitivity that there's something going on here that's different. And I don't know if I can, I can handle it. I feel awkward about you cleaning my feet, Lord. You're placing yourself in a humble position. And I should be placing myself in a humble position. But yet in this, 
Jesus was humbling himself. But the disciples were humbling themselves too to be washed and cleansed by the Lord. Um, the hands and feet and face are all very intimate parts of the body, aren't they? You don't really have somebody that you don't know come up and, and touch your feet outside of your shoes or your hands or, or, or your face. I mean, a lot of times we use our hands to keep people at a distance, right? Or even if we pull them in closer, it might be the hand that's between us to give a hug, right? Because there's a little bit of a barrier there. But to fully embrace somebody that you don't know, it's, it's a new thing, right? That's, there's, a, there's a humility that goes on in that, a humbling to draw somebody in like that. Um, in, our, in our time this morning, we've, we've looked at where, feet are, are, where our feet are placed matters. Uh, falling at the feet of Jesus Falling at his feet matters. And allowing for the intimate quality of foot washing to be in our lives with Christ, this intimacy and humility with our God, it matters, doesn't it? I just want to pray this over us. Let's, let's um, set your things aside. I, I just want to pray this over us this morning. Um,